Before we get started, before any of this starts, I'd like to remind you that you can experience an ad-free version of this by clicking the link in the description that says plus.acast.com slash s slash Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Exurgat deus disipentur dinimici eius. Et fugianchio deruntaeum a facia eius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. Well, another article from Zero Hedge. They seem to be killing it right now. The nice part is is these are mostly blogs. And so you can kind of take or or leave some of the stuff that's said in them. But you do want to kind of hone in on the things that are absolutely factual. And these, of course, are not, you know couched in exponential terms or whatever. So we're going to go to our good old friend Pepe Escobar. And for those of you who don't know, Pepe Escobar is my favorite Escobar since Pablo was set up by the CIA. (laughs) And of course, he calls himself Pepe Escobar, probably because he's a groiper. Who knows? I say probably, I have no idea who the guy is. Um... I do, however, occasionally stumble across one of his very excellent pieces of work, and this is one of his very excellent pieces of work. Talking about the global battlefield. Again, materially speaking. But the reason why I want to talk about this one is what may also be tied in with what we already know of the Fatima Revelations. This is... Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangela, defendenos in proelio. Contra nequitiam et insidias diaboli est opraesidium. Imperetti lideis suplicis deprecamur, tuque princeps militae calestis, satana malios que spiritus malignos que ad perditionem animarum, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute in infernum vet. Detrude. Amen. Cor Jesus Sacratissimum Miserere Nobis, Mater Dolorosa, Ora Pro Nobis, Beatis Carolus Domo Austriae, Ora Pro Nobis. Domine, ostende facium tuum et salvierimus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculata Conceptio Est, in nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Bye-bye, 1991 to 2022. 
30 years of really, really interesting foreign affairs work. 2023 starts with collective NATO in absolute freakout mode as Russian Defense Minister Shoigu announces that Russian Navy frigate Admiral Gorshkov is now on tour, complete with a set of Mr. Zircon's hypersonic business cards. The business tour will encompass the Atlantic and Indian Ocean and, of course, include the Mediterranean, the Roman Empire's for former Mare Nostrum. Mr. Zorkon is on the prowl, and he has absolutely nothing to do with the war in Ukraine. It's a sign of what happens next when it comes to frying much bigger fish than a bunch of Kiev psychos. The end of 2022 did seal the frying pan, excuse me, did seal the frying of the big Ukraine negotiation fish. It has now been served on a hot plate and fully digested. Moscow has made it painfully clear there is no reason whatsoever to trust the non-agreement capable declining superpower. Of course, that is in fact in reference to the United States of America. So even taxi drivers in Dhaka are now betting on when the much-vaunted winter offensive starts and how far it will go. General Armageddon's path ahead is clear. All-out demilitarization and de-electrification de on steroids, complete with grinding up masses of Ukrainians at the lowest possible cost to the Russian armed forces in Donbass until Kiev psychos beg for mercy. Or not. Another big fish on a hot plate at the end of 2022 was the 2014 Minsk Agreement. The cook was no other than former Chancellor Merkel, an attempt to buy time for Ukraine, implied is not exactly the smoking gun, the strategy of the Straussian neocon and neoliberal con combo in charge of U.S. foreign policy from the beginning. <laughs> was to unleash a forever war by proxy against Russia. Merkel may have been up to something telling the Russians in their face that she lied like crypto-soprano Mike Pompeo and then lied again and again and again for years. That's not embarrassing for Moscow, but for Berlin. Yet another graphic demonstration of the total vassalage to the American empire. The response by the contemporary embodiment of Mercury, Russian Foreign Ministry's Maria Zakharova, was equally intriguing. Merkel's confession could be used as a specific reason and evidence for, for a tribunal judging Western politicians responsible for provoking the, the Russia-Ukraine proxy war. No one will obviously confirm it on the record, but this all could be a part of an evolving secret Russia-Germany deal in the making, leading to Germany restoring at least some of its sovereignty. Meanwhile, the deputy chairman of the Russian Security Council, Dmitry Medvedev, visibly relishing his totally unplugged incarnation, expanded on the fried negotiation fish saga. Quote, Last warning to all nations, close quote, as he framed it, there can be no business with the Anglo-Saxon world because it is a thief, a swindler, a card sharp that could do anything. From now on, we will do without them until a new generation of sensible politicians come to power. There is nobody in the West we could deal with about anything for any reason, close quote. 
Medvedev significantly recited more or less the same script in person to Xi Jinping in Beijing. Days before the Zoom to end all Zooms between Xi and Putin, Putin that worked as a sort of informal closure of 2022 with the Russia-China strategic partnership perfectly in sync. On the war front, General Armageddon's new offensive groove is bound to lead in the next few months to an indisputable fact on the ground. A partition between a dysfunctional black hole, or rump, Ukraine on the west, and Novorossiya in the east. <clears throat> Even the IMF is now reluctant to throw extra bucks into the black hole. Kiev's 2023 budget has an unrealistic $36 billion deficit. Half of its budget is military-related. The real deficit in 2022 was running about $5 billion a month and will inevitably balloon. <clears throat> Timofey Milovanov, professor at the Kiev School of Economics, and by the way, I don't know what's going on with the Ukrainians and their... Um, determination to really, really just mess up the spelling of names. But this guy's name is really, really interesting <clears throat> because it took me a really long time to realize that the guy's name is Timothy. Anyway, Timofey Milovanov, a professor at the Kiev School of Economics, came up with a howler. The IMF is worried about Ukraine's debt sustainability. He added, if even the IMF is worried, imagine what private investors are thinking. There will be no investment in rump Ukraine. Multinational vultures will grab land for nothing, and whatever puny productive assets may remain. Arguably the biggest fish to be fried in 2023 is the myth of NATO. Every serious mil military analyst, few Americans included, knows that the Russian army and military industrial complex represents a superior system than what existed at the end of the USSR and far superior to that of the US and the rest of NATO today. Now, normally this would be the point where I would say, I don't think these guys really know what they're talking about. However, I have been paying attention lately and what was not true a mere five years ago is certainly true today. But Caleb, how can you say such a thing? I mean, your big shtick is the whole is the fact that you were in the military and you understand the U.S. military tactics, techniques, and procedures. <laughs> yes, this is true. This is true. The whole point behind me actually starting this podcast was bringing my military experience to the analysis of the political, geopolitical, and religious battlefield that you don't normally get from journalists and theologians and historians because they don't actually have the boots-on-the-ground um, experience, the hands-on experience with actually doing this stuff. Well, fear not, dear family. The fact is, is what caused me to change my course of reasoning has a name, General Mark Milley. Included with that name is the Pentagon that he represents. Because for the last year, we have been shipping beans and bullets, mostly bullets, including weapon systems that we ourselves are supposed to actually maintain for our own national security to Ukraine. 
And we have been selling the weapons at a rate faster than the grand American military industrial complex is capable of replacing them. You're like, well, how can that be? Well, that's easy. We, we exported all of our manufacturing. Not all of the manufacturing. You know, the pieces are still put together in allied countries, but they're not assembled in, en masse in the United States of America. Raytheon does not have a massive factory from which it's cranking out improved target acquisition systems. It doesn't have that. It has contracts with other companies that provide the circuit boards and the and the and the uh, microchips and all of and all of the things that are necessary to assemble. And then they assemble those pieces in Brazil and other likewise and other like places places that have had a very long history of working together. In fact, the F-22 and the F-35 have major components that are assembled not inside the United States; rather, they are assembled in South America. How can that be? I'm sorry, that's just the truth. Our best weapon systems are not even made here. And due to the chip shortage, because we don't manufacture the, high, the, the highest tech microchips in America, there is no way that a lot of our most optimized super weapons could possibly have been manufactured at a rate to sustain the U.S. military while we were just packing all that stuff in boxes and shipping containers and sending it off to Ukraine. In addition to that, when you look at the military tactical planning of one General Mark Milley and the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and that absolute dumpster fire that was the evacuation of Afghanistan, I can no longer say that they have even read the book on how to conduct the military operations properly enough for us to actually win. Now here's... I, this is kind of to go a little bit further into this and not to digress too, too far. <clears throat> we have the battle tactics already written down in books that are decades old. And they have been repeated again and again and again. Every time they go through, they check they check out, they check to see what new lessons we've learned. And what happens is that they end up verifying that the U.S. military about 40, 50 years ago had perfected every form of warfare. All of the, all of the necessary strategery, to coin a Rush Limbaugh term, had been perfected over the last 40 and 50 years. There is no form of warfare that the United States of America cannot just refer back to the books, plan the operations and conduct the operations and whack that behind. Doesn't matter what country, Russia, Germany, Ukraine, Zimbabwe, Rwanda, Brazil, Iran, does not matter who. You go back to that book, you you run through the rehearsals, you send your army overseas, you say, this is the intent, kill everybody who doesn't look like you and use these tactics, and the enemy loses the war. Period. Full stop. But you've seen that tranny-loving crazy man who's all about the white rage and white fragility nonsense. You've seen him in public. In public. You've seen him talk to Congress. You've seen him 
do his little super woke show. And there's no reason why that man would possibly know thing one about the proper conduct of military operations in the Balkans, in the Caucasus, in Zimbabwe, or anywhere else. There is no reason to know that he, that he would actually be able, in his feeble, fat little mind, to be able to properly plan out and execute the strategic and tactical military operations necessary to win a war against an actual army. So, because of that, I can tell you with confidence that Russia, who's been getting at least a year's worth of rehearsals, and don't get me wrong, their military is no great, you know, I mean, we're not, we're not talking about the healthiest salmon in the river, but they're certainly healthier than our military. And maybe not every part of our military, it's not it is a non-zero chance that the covid measures that the us military took to completely and purposefully denigrate our military didn't fully take in you know the seal teams or the special oh wait no we have news articles and news and news confirmation that that is that's pretty much exactly what happened these people who are who are about to be sent off to fight this war if it goes to blows are going to die they're going to lose they're going to be humiliated. And we will have sent them to their destruction. And if you think, well, you know, we still have the rest of NATO, then I'm going to remind you that the United States of America, when the United States of America conducts a NATO operation, and yes, I said that properly, when the U.S., conducts a NATO operation, 80% of the military force is applied by the United States of America. Don't get me wrong, our, our very close allies in the Anglosphere and the French do a very excellent job in contributing. Which is to say the soldiers themselves are fantastic. But the French government is trash. And the British are weak. Not the soldiers. Like I said, I served alongside them. They're fantastic. They're fantastic. Every bit the professional that you would expect to see on the battlefield. But our military is something like five times their size. Their entire fieldable army is the size of one infantry division. So how much help are they really going to be? And that's to say nothing of the rest of NATO. Because the rest of NATO, I could actually manage to load up... In fact, actually... So if the British were to, were to actually put their entire army on the field, and then the rest of NATO were to put the, their entire army on the field, the, the Americans and the French would have the two largest forces, because the French, of course, would bring the Légion étrangère onto the battlefield. <clears throat> the British would come in right behind them, and then the whole rest of NATO, the whole rest of NATO, would fill up that last infantry division. Now, to put this in perspective, 
we have five infantry divisions in the 18th Airborne Corps. And if we fielded our entire 18th Airborne Corps, if we put the entire 18th Airborne Corps on the field of battle, they would dwarf the rest of NATO. The rest of NATO. The whole of NATO. In fact, actually, if you took the entire 18th Airborne Corps and you put them on the field of battle, and then you took the entire militaries of all of NATO and put them on the field of battle, you would have... The U.S. at 60% of the battlefield with one core, not counting the Marine Corps, not counting the Navy, not counting the Air Force, one Army Corps would be 60% of the NATO force, and the whole rest of NATO would be the remaining 40%. So when this man, Mr. Pepe Escobar, says that the biggest fish to be fried in 2023 is the myth of NATO, that's what he's talking about. Because our military is the largest portion of NATO. And given the recent events with General Mark Milley and his Pentagon, I'm not convinced that our military can defeat Russia, let alone Russia and China. <clears throat> but let's line this back in and get ourselves back to the article. From the article, the McKinder-style final blow to a possible alliance between Germany, that is the EU, and Russia and China, which is what's really behind the proxy war in Ukraine, isn't proceeding according to the Straussian wet dream. Now, Saddam Hussein, the former imperial vassal, was regime changed because he wanted to bypass the petrodollar. Now we have the inevitable rise of the Petro Yuan in three to five years, as Xi Jinping announced in Riyadh, and you're not going to be able to prevent that with shock and awe on Beijing. <clears throat> in 2008, Russia embarked on a massive rebuilding of missile forces and a 14-year plan to modernize land-based armed forces. Mr. Zircon, presenting his hypersonic business card across the Mare Nostrum, is just a small part of the big picture. The CIA abandoned Afghanistan in a humiliating retreat, even ditching the, her the heroin rat line, just to relocate to Ukraine and continue playing the same old broken records. The CIA is behind the ongoing sabotage of the Russian infrastructure in tandem with MI6 and others, and sooner or later there will be blowback. Few people, including CIA operatives, may know that New York City, for instance, can be destroyed with a single move blowing up the George Washington Bridge. The city can't be supplied with food and almost all of it and most of its requirements without that bridge. The New York City electrical grid can be destroyed by knocking out central controls. Putting it back together could take at least a year. Now, I can verify this one because I remember that it took them three and a half months to fully stand up an electrical grid that wasn't broken from a central controller but actually just had to have power diverted. If you knocked out the controllers, oh, it'd be over. It took three months for them to fully get 
just to re-divert the power for New York City in the blackout of 2000, in the great blackout of 2003. <clears throat> Even trespassed by infinite layers of fog of war, the current situation in, in Ukraine is still a skirmish. The real war hasn't even started yet, and it might soon. Apart from Ukraine and Poland, there is no native fo NATO force worth mentioning. Germany has a risible two-day supply of ammunition, and Turkey will not send a single soldier to fight Russians in Ukraine. Out of 80,000 U.S. troops stationed in Europe, only 10% are weaponized. Recently, 20,000 were added. Not really a big deal. If the Americans activated... Oh, by the way, recently 20,000 were added. That would be the 101st. Not a big deal. If the Americans activated their troops in Europe, something rather ridiculous in itself, they would not have any place to land supplies or reinforcements because all airports and seaports can and probably would be destroyed by Russian hypersonic missiles in a matter of minutes in continental Europe as well as the United Kingdom. In addition, all fuel centers, such as Rotterdam for oil and natural gas, would be destroyed, as well as all military installations, including top American bases in Europe, <clears throat> which would include Grafenbeer, Hohenfels, Rammstein, Baumholder, Wilschek, Spang Spangdelheim, Wiesbaden, oh, excuse me, uh, let me back up, because the German names kind of threw me off a little bit, and I forgot I was, I almost said Und Wiesbaden. Anyway, um, <laughs> in addition, all the fuel centers, such as Rotterdam for oil and natural gas, would be destroyed, as well as all military installations, including top American bases in Europe. Those would be Grafenwehr, Hornfels, Rammstein, Baumhalder, Vilsek, Spangdelheim, and Wiesbaden in Germany. And that would be for the Army and the Air Force. Aviano Air Base in Italy, Lachis Air Base in Portugal's Azores, Naval Air St Station Rota in Spain, Inserlik Air Base in Turkey. Actually, I don't think they would bother with Inserlik Air Base in Turkey. I think Inserlik would just be shut down by the Turks. And the Royal Air Force stations, uh, Lakenheath and, and Mildenhall in the United Kingdom. All fighter jets and bombers would be destroyed. Now, this part right here, I think, might be a little bit of hyperbole because I've seen the tech. <clears throat> so we'll see. But all fighter jets and bombers would be destroyed after they land or while they landed. There would be no place to land except for on the Audubon, which, where they would be sitting ducks. <clears throat> Patriot missiles are worthless as the whole Global South saw in Saudi Arabia when they tried to knock out the Houthi missiles coming in from Yemen, Israel's Iron Dome can't even knock out all primitive missiles coming from Gaza. U.S. military power is the supreme myth of the fresh-to-be-fried variety. Essentially, they hide behind proxies. As the Ukraine armed forces, U.S. forces, <clears throat> excuse me, essentially they hide behind proxies, as like the Ukraine armed forces. U.S. forces are worthless except in turkey shoots as in Iraq in 1991 and 03 against a disabled opponent in the middle of the desert with no air cover and never forget how NATO was completely humiliated by the Taliban. <clears throat> now, ostensibly, for the most part, I disagree. Except, like I said, you can't trust the Pentagon to actually prosecute a war. We have the capacity... The U.S. military has the capacity, or had the capacity, until we sent all our weapons over to Ukraine. <clears throat> it's just we don't we don't have the leadership. We don't we <clears throat> we 
We don't have the leadership, not at the high levels, and we don't have the concept of leadership at the low levels. See, what made the United States military so terrifying in the Second World War was that everyone from the rank of private all the way up to general understood what the job was. And so you could kill the general, and no big deal. And you could kill the colonel, and no big deal. And you could kill the major, and the captain, and the lieutenant. And you could kill the sergeant, and no big deal. Because you had to deal with the fact that every soldier understood and was willing to execute the mission as an independent individual, if need be, but as a formidable fighting force of a bunch of 19 and 20-year-olds without significant adult supervision. That is what separated the United States military from everyone else. That is what kept us separate from everyone else until the technical age, until the beginning of Blue Force Trackers and FBCB2, until the, ab- until the ability of generals to keep an eye on the digital battlefield from a computer screen in Washington. And that is pretty much where everything just started to fall apart. Because now the general can watch the mission and he can give the specific orders all the way down to the corporal who's the team leader, whose ass is actually on the line for that general's ridiculously stupid ideas. And that's why NATO was completely humiliated by the Taliban. Because if you'd have just let the military loose, hey, don't commit any war crimes and go get them, tiger. There wouldn't be a Taliban. And Afghanistan would be the 53rd state. The final breaking point. Back to the article. 2022 ended an era, and the final breaking point of the rules-based international order established after the fall of the Soviet Union. The empire entered desperation row, throwing everything and the kitchen sink in the proxy war on Ukraine. AUKUS, the Taiwan hysteria, everything to dismantle this, everything, which was funny because they dismantled, tried to dismantle the setup that they created back in 1991. Globalization's rollback is being implemented by the empire itself, and that ranges from stealing the EU energy market from Russia, so the hapless vassals buy ultra-expensive U.S. energy, to smashing the entire semiconductor supply chain, forcibly rebuilding it around itself, to isolate China. The NATO versus Russia war in Ukraine is just a cog in the wheel of the new great game. For the global south, what really matters is how Eurasia and beyond are coordinating their integration process from BRI to the BRICS plus expansion, from the SEO to the INSTC, from OPEC plus to the greater Eurasia partnership. We're back to what the world looked like in 1914 or before 1939, only in a limited sense. There's a plethora of nations struggling to expand their influence, but all of them are betting on multipolarity or peaceful modernization, as Xi Jinping coined it. And not forever wars. China, Russia, India, Iran, Indonesia, and others. So say goodbye to 1991 
through 2002. The hard work starts now. Welcome to the new great game on crack. Now, I don't... <laughs> I don't know how much this guy actually knows. There are some things that I clearly, obviously disagree with. Um, his... There's a problem with being gripers is that you don't actually get to see everything. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What is absolutely happening is something that I don't think the Davos crowd fully intended. See, they were trying to impose a rules-based international order, and then they ignored the question that Vladimir Putin asked. It was a very important question that he asked many, many years ago. He asked, he goes, okay, you want to talk about a rules-based international order, but who writes the rules? Whose rules? Because what he was quickly understanding was that the rules that were established by the church worked. See, Vladimir Putin could be faking the funk when he when he's at church during the liturgy at Holy Mass. He could be faking the funk. There's a non-zero chance that that's a possibility. Rokor could be far further down the heretical line than we think. And let's be real, if you're Catholic, then you have to understand that there are some things that are decidedly heretical that Rokor actually allows. Allows, if not pushes or promotes. They are divorce and remarriage, 
contraception, and while they're trying to stamp out abortion, it's not working out so well. Because if you can contracept, then why can't you abort? And if you can get divorced, then that marriage isn't really all that serious, is it? Now, these are things that Rocor is going to have to figure out and noodle out and try to and try to work out for themselves. Or they could just come back to Rome, but I mean, let's be real, the Holy Father's not exactly giving him a good reason to come back to Rome either. Additionally, when you look at everything, I mean, let's be real for just a moment, we could actually solve this whole problem if the Holy Father would just do the job. Do his job as the Holy Father. And maybe answer heaven's call. I think those two things would probably go really well. Because then none of all of this would be moot. China could go, do whatever it's going to do, but the devil has its hands firmly. Devil has its hands firmly around China, and I don't see them digging that out anytime soon. So the only way to actually dig that out would be to actually convert. But what looks like is happening is in the United States. Our leaders are too stupid to realize that they're doing the wrong thing. And they're too arrogant to back it up to actually start doing the right thing. You see, they wanted to talk a good game about a rules-based international order. They wanted to talk a good game about democracy. They want to talk a good game about all of these supposedly awesome things, which, as a Catholic, you should understand most of them aren't that great anyway. Democracy is Christ getting crucified and Barabbas being released. That is its core nature, okay? Democracy will always choose Barabbas over our Lord. That's just kind of the way that is. You can write that as an eternal truth. So democracy is not the best idea ever anyway. The democracy that comes from a people who cannot control their own concupiscences is even worse. And it doesn't take a whole lot of... Who was it who was saying? Actually, I think it was the rundown. They were talking about it. You have Kevin McCarthy. McCarthy. McCarthy is the name of a good Catholic family. Joe Biden, Irish Catholic. Nancy Pelosi, Italian Catholic. And you could run down the line of names that should be Catholics, that should be practicing Catholics, that should do more than just hold their rosary in their hand and say, I'm a practicing Catholic. Because really, when you hold your rosary in your hand and you support abortion, all you're doing is committing sacrilege and scandal for the whole world to see. Everyone knows you're going to hell. That's the path you've chosen. And we're going to resist you, and we're going to correct you, and we're going to fight you about it. Because, one, we don't want you to go to hell, and we don't want to go to hell either. And, two, we don't want you denigrating our church. Because you're blaspheming the Lord Jesus Christ when you do so. But it's not just the American government that's full of, that's strangely full of people who should be Catholic, who are just not being Catholic. You've got Trudeau, Macron. You, I mean, you could just run pretty much across the world. The only Catholic leader in the world right now that's actively in office is Georgia Maloney. And she's doing what she can for her people. God bless her. But they just did a fantastic job in cooing the heck out of Jair Bolsonaro. Thank you, CIA, for another communist in power.
it does look like the whole world's taken in with communism. And I got to be perfectly honest with you, I'm not entirely sure how much longer Georgia Maloney is going to last before she's replaced with communists, and that should be the last of them. Because unless I'm mistaken, with the exception of Putin, and, well, no, actually, pretty much with the exception of Putin, Putin doesn't declare to be a communist. He may still be. Who cares? Don't care. Honestly, I really don't care. Because the communism in because communism in Russia makes less difference less less of a difference to me than communism in Washington, DC. Than communism in the state capitals. Communism in Canada doesn't even matter as much as communism in City Hall. Pretty much the entire world has gone this retarded direction. And it is a retarded direction. It's going backwards. It is. It's going backwards. And this is actually, strangely enough, loosely tied to the Bishop of La Crosse, Wisconsin, putting an end to the traditional Latin mass communities in his diocese. See, we knew this was coming. We've known this was coming. Ever since Traditiones Custodes, we've known that they were basically just going to keep dialing it up, keep dialing it up, keep dialing it up. These hippie dipsticks can't let go. They refuse to let go. They refuse to believe that their stupid, godless ideas have failed. And whether it's the Pope or all of the bishops in the church, or all of the bishops right now in the USCCB and most certainly in the German conference and in all of the bishops' conferences around the world except maybe, maybe Africa, these dumbass hippies refuse to concede the fact that all they have done is obliterate Christ's church. Why? Because they wanted to get their groove back in the various manners that they decided they wanted to do because that's ultimately what this is. It's the reason why I question Bishop Barron and his incessant surrounding and his incessance in surrounding himself with bodybuilders. Like why? It's the reason why I join along with some of the other Catholic commentators like Mike at Restoring the Faith in calling Bishop Barron Bishop Beefcake. Because he's so worried about having these bodybuilding studs around him that it can't, like, I can't help but wonder where is it exactly that his fetish lies? And oh, hey, by the way, this is kind of a relatively new development. Because I don't recall Father Baron having the same compunction. Doubt me? Do you doubt me? Go back and watch the Catholicism series. When it was Father Robert Baron. And Father Robert Baron in that series looks significantly physically different than he does today. I don't know what fetish he picked up when he became a bishop, but clearly it's serious. 
Now, don't get me wrong. He looks healthy. I'll give him that. But he was significantly of more slight frame 15 years ago. There seems to be an obsession with him. And that's really all I'm going to say about that. Because that seems to be the case with every single one of them. Not everyone. Bishop Joseph Strickland looks normal. Archbishop Salvatore Cordiglione looks normal. The rest of the episcopacy looks fat and weak. All of them. The whole rest of the U.S. conference looks fat and weak. <clears throat> and that usually speaks to other sins. Now, for bishops like Cardinal Supich, okay, makes sense. Cardinal Gregory also makes sense. I it's not like I dive in and find out, oh, hey, what are the what are the things that are actually what are the sins that are actually holding up these bishops? No, I'm simply pointing out that you can look at them and you can tell. They got problems. They got issues. Every last one of them has had to compromise in some way, shape, or form. And a compromise look. As a Catholic layman, I can compromise about a bunch of stuff. And none of those things, none of those compromises will be considered mortal sins. But if you're a prince of the church, to compromise the Catholic faith even slightly is mortal. To be flippant and casual about making the sign of the cross is mortal. Mortal sin opens the door for diabolic obsession and oppression. That's all it takes. Mortal sin opens the door for diabolic obsession and oppression. This is a fact, and it is confirmable by pretty much every single exorcist on earth. And I will tell you from personal experience that it is not easy to try and shake that stuff off. It is not easy by, a, by any stretch of the imagination. Even if you're in a state of grace, it's not easy. Because to actually overcome all that stuff, you have to really put the work in. You have to be really, really vigilant. You have to, like, you have to be on guard. And I'll be blunt. I don't know anyone today who's on guard enough to keep that from being an issue. Maybe they're out there and I just haven't met them yet. Six billion people out there. I know I haven't, seven billion people out there. I know I haven't met them all. I haven't even met a fraction of them, especially in the Catholic world. But it is a very, very difficult thing to be a good, practicing, faithful Catholic. As a layman, it's a very difficult thing. 
As a priest, you have to be more vigilant. As a bishop, you have to be even more vigilant. As the Pope, you pretty much have to have eyes on all sides of your face. And it's quite clear that the current crop in the hierarchy, I don't think they cut the mustard, in all honesty. They've all got something. I hope they get rid of it soon for the sake of their souls, but they've all got something. And it's probably going to take some kind of super supernatural intervention. It's probably going to take the warning and the three days of darkness. It's probably going to take that. And it seems to make the most sense that the warning will come first and then the three days of darkness will follow right on its heels. So you have enough time to be warned. You have enough time to make some changes. You have enough time to start prayer and then bam. <clears throat> and all of the enemies of Christ will be destroyed. And what's not usually mentioned is that in the prophecies it does mention the fact that bodies will litter the streets. That the destruction will be quite thorough indeed. It's not typically mentioned, but it's in there and you can read it. Like I said in a previous podcast, it used to terrify me. It used to terrify me. Like on some level, I knew I wasn't there. I wasn't where I was supposed to be. And there's still a little bit of question, but I have better hope. And so when I think of the three days of darkness now, I worry a little bit less for me. I don't even actually, like in truth, I guess you could say I don't really worry. I mourn. I mourn because I know what's coming. And I know what it's going to do. And I can't force anybody else to believe. I can't force a bishop to repent. Or a priest to turn away from, from his transgressions. I can't force my neighbors to do that, or my family. Unless God pours out his grace, if the three days of darkness were to happen this spring, I won't need my phone anymore because there'll be nobody to call. And I think there's a lot of people in that same boat. I think there's a ridiculous number of people who are in that same boat. 
if it were to happen this spring, if it were to happen tomorrow, on the fourth day, it's not just that, you know, you won't need your phone because you've got bigger things, bigger fish to fry. You won't need your phone. You may not need your phone because there'll be nobody to call. There'll be no point in me driving or trying to fly back home because there'll be nobody there when I get there. And by the time I get there, it won't be worth burying. That's the thing that actually doesn't keep me up. I would like to... Okay, so I'm going to use the phrase it keeps me up at night and understand that it does not actually literally keep me up at night. <clears throat> but that's the thing that I contemplate. That's the thing I pray about. That's the thing that takes the focus of my attention now. Because it's true, I could get swept up in the whole thing just as just as much as everybody else. Wouldn't take that much. <clears throat> the prophecy says anybody who so much as looks out the window dies on the spot. So, you know, it's distinctively possible that I'd be dead too. Actually, it's pretty likely because I'm reasonably certain that if I... Yeah, I'm reasonably certain I would actually deliberately do something stupid just because, you know, the ones... Anyway, yeah, it's complicated. But I'm reasonably certain that I would be the one to deliberately do something stupid in that moment, so I would probably die as a result. But, but if I survived, because Our Lady does say in all of those that even the elect won't be spared. There wouldn't be anybody to call afterwards. There would be nobody to try and reunite with. Not in the direction of home. Not where all of my family is. except by some stretch of providence. And maybe there is a non-zero chance, you know, maybe that is the case. But that's actually the thing that concerns me more than anything about all of the prophecies, is that when all is said and done, well, will it be that everyone I know is on the other side? Will it be that my friends and my family, instead of repenting and coming to believe, instead they harden their hearts and continue the way they are? And there's a non-zero chance that they do that because I did that for 30 years. There's a non-zero chance that they do that because 
<clears throat> even when I thought I was headed in the right direction, the fact was, by my actions, by my thoughts and my deeds, even when I believed I was headed in the right direction, I wasn't. And I think that might be the biggest tragedy of all. Because since the Second Vatican Council, regardless of what you think about the Council, since the Second Vatican Council, the Church has abandoned its post so much that billions of Catholic souls have been damned over the course of the last 50 years. And a billion more may be damned in the next few years. And there's really no getting around that part. Our church has failed to do the right thing. And it's currently failing. And it honestly, like, we could get involved in the argument as to whether or not Francis is an anti-pope or whatever. But Francis isn't the only problem. The vast majority of the problem includes men with the title cardinal after their first name. Even the so-called good ones are weak. Don't get me wrong, we have to boost them up for every, for every little time they go, yes, yes, this is good, this is good. Okay, you've finally done a Catholic thing, that's great. But the hour is late. And this might just be too little. And so I fear for their souls as well, more than mine, because the standard that they're going to be held to is much, much higher than mine. I was never a cardinal of the Catholic Church. I was never a priest. I was never a seminarian. I'm a Catholic layman. I'm a mechanic. There's loads of stuff about the faith I don't know. There are mysteries that I couldn't even begin to scratch the surface on with my feeble mind. And I won't be held accountable for those because the ones that I can, I'm trying. I want to know. I'll be held accountable for some of it because I'm sure I'm slacking in some way, shape, or form. I'm not, you know, I'm not this perfect heroic Catholic by any stretch of the imagination. I'm sure there are many places that I'm not mentioning because, first off, it's my business. Uh, but second off, you know, because it's shameful. There are many facets that I'm just not going to talk about. Either because, either because I don't know or I don't want to know. And I'll be held accountable for all the ones that I don't want to know. But the bar for entry for me, as stringent as it is, just being a baptized, faithful Catholic, is still much, much lower than the bar for a prelate, for a prince of the church. So I do fear for them. And I mourn for them, because if it were to happen right now, I wonder if it's actually possible to put that in the in the imagination. I know I can see it in my mind. 
I can see it in my mind the morning after, the day after, when it's all said and done, and opening the door for the first time and looking across the parking lot at the, <clears throat> at, the other, at the other half of my building and seeing bodies sticking out the front door and seeing cars wrecked on the street and buildings on fire and bodies scattered up and down the roads. And I can imagine actually walking up the street to the corner store and seeing, and seeing probably the gas pumps on fire or just finally going out because they've been burning for three days. And the guy or gal who was working behind the till, their body propping the door open because they got accosted by some sort of demon. And maybe one or two more bodies inside the store. It's not difficult for me to picture these things. I couldn't tell you why. And the worst part about it is, is that when I picture it, it's a beautiful, sunshiny, clear, blue sky day. And the stench hasn't begun to settle in yet. I can picture that. And the reason why I can picture that is because that was what was described in the prophecies. It's kind of like what Protestants believe with the rapture, but much more ugly, way more walking dead. And a lot less, you know, happy, hippy, dippy stuff. Now, maybe it's because I spend a lot of time meditating on the end. Maybe it's because I spend a lot of time. I don't know. I honestly, I couldn't tell you. But I know that when I, that when I look through these prophecies, they uniformly say that same thing. The apocalypse says the same thing. And it's not very difficult to envision. And I really wish that weren't the case. But it is. And I remember the first thought, the first time the image popped in my head, my first thought was, how on earth do you bury all those bodies? That would literally be the business of the first day after. It would be the only business of the first day after. Is to bury and or burn the bodies so that a pestilence doesn't break out. It really wasn't that bad until the kids. Anyway. Rather morbid thought to end on. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up there. Because believe it or not, (laughs) believe it or not, a meditation like that is enough to motivate you to pray just a little bit more.
which we should be doing anyway. Pray for the church. Pray for the prelates, because I don't even want to think about what they're going to go through if that pops off before, before even a portion of them have a chance to get right with God. Pray for the nation, because it really does look like this. <clears throat> this, is on the <laughs> this is on the program for the show, for the world, until God intervenes. And I did just describe to you what God's intervention is going to look like. So this is the better route. Pray for your nation. Pray for the church. And pray that nobody else in Catholic social media stays as morbid as I've been sticking with you. Because this has been basically the theme of the last several weeks. has been just sort of slowly increasing. So I pray that everybody else manages to talk about things that are much more entertaining and fun. But remember, no matter how it turns out, in the end, Our Lady's Immaculate Heart will triumph. In the end, we know who wins. It's just how bad the situation is that we got to go through to get there. So hold fast to the faith. Hold fast to the cross. Because the cross is our shield, our only hope. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. 
The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code GLOW.